you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I've always wanted to do at least one show pantsless. David, football, football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now, here's your host, Dave Damashek. Mission accomplished. Hi, and hello. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. Hope all's well wherever you are. Things are much better today than they were on the last episode of the Dave Damashek Football Program. I was laid up, although everything wasn't all, it wasn't altogether a bust because as you just heard there, I was pantsless for that show. Now the lady kissed you. That's right. Yeah, I, I mean, so right. And I was, uh, and I was uh, on the Percocet. Right. I've gotten reviews from uh, from the Czech Republic that, in fact, I was better on Percocet than I am That's, straight. That, so. that was that was absolutely true. I don't think there was that was there was any denying that. I've also heard that Percocet might come in as a sponsor. Ooh, fingers crossed for that. I'll tell you this. In the meantime, the streak ends. The pantsless streak ends at one episode. Now we have to see if we can get to two. Same thing. The Percocet streak ends at one episode. Let's just talk about the pantsless thing briefly. I would say generally in life, I think it's important that whoever you're speaking to, if you're on the phone, if you're on Skype, whatever, they should have to declare earlier than you did that you are, they are pantsless at the time. I don't think it's fair for me to have been talking to you, looking you in the eyes mm. for 45 minutes, and then you tell me you're pantsless at the end of the show. I think any time you're pantsless, you're in communication with someone else by phone, Skype, anything else, you've got to tell them up front. Well, uh, the, the, football, the, the Miami Dolphins were not caught with their pants down when Ryan Tannehill was injured. That's what we buzzed about primarily on the last episode of the DDFP Handsome and I. Our resident Miami Dolphins fan is uh, Handsome Hank all the way from London, England. As a matter of fact, let's say a quick hello to him now. Let's hear a little uh, music about Hello, handsome. And yes, like I say, the Dolphins were not uh, caught with their pants down. That's because there were not there wasn't just one, but there were a few options out there on the streets to choose from to to replace Ryan Tannehill. How does it feel now? I we discussed Jay Cutler, Colin Kaepernick, and beyond. And I think we agreed that Ka- uh, that Cuddy was the best of those options. Yeah, I mean, g- given the just given the position that he'd played with Gase before, I I think that that I think I said this on Thursday that maybe it was a little overstated what Gase achieved with Cutler. It was sort of a just above average season rather than a average or slightly below average season. But um, but I think given that he knows the offense and everything else, it was probably the obvious decision. Then it was just a matter of will he come out of retirement and does he would he rather be talking about football than playing it? 
Well, I appreciate your thoughts on that, but of course, your uh, heart is turquoise. And, That's correct. Uh, so, I do so, bleed so aqua. Let, yes. So let's not uh, just stop there with that opinion. Let's turn to an expert, one of the uh, Ooh, one of the like great experts. voices in all of uh, pro football. You can listen to his podcast, rebranded now, The Pick Six. It's got Prisco on it. It's got all those good fellows over there from CBS Sports. By the way, you can uh, you can find some good writing there from uh, Will Brinson talking about Dalvin Cook and how he might be the missing link from 2016 into 2017 and here he is popping up on the uh, big screen here in studio 66 behind us it's will brinson what's the poop fella what's going on guys i am uh i'm kind of holed away in a bunker here because at my house currently we have a uh, dog who is fresh off a surgical procedure and a toddler style child who is trying to learn how to use the potty and it's not neither neither is going very well. We have Brinson for a limited time, so let's dig in with him. And by the way, we still have to come our game of Game of Thrones game fantasy game review with Sully, Spaghetti, and Savvy coming up and some other items. But right now, let's talk about Jay Cutler. That's the thing everybody's buzzing about right now. And then we'll turn our gaze to the NFC South briefly after some uh, heat that Brinson and I shared over the course of 2017 <laughs> from angry Al- uh, Falcons fans. But what do you think about Cuddy? How people, it was first it was a punchline, and now people are declaring that the Dolphin. some people at least, seem to think, oh, the Dolphins are better than they've ever been now with Jay Cutler. How say you? Yeah, I still have the Dolphins pegged as a, and sorry, Hank, I just have them pegged as a six to seven to eight win team. I mean, Hmm. things could break their way and they could end up making the playoffs as a a wild card again. Obviously, I don't think they're going to, they're going to beat the Patriots in that division, given that the Patriots are, are already undefeated. I mean, that's incredible. It's August and they already went undefeated. Um, I think Cutler is about the same as Tannehill. I don't don't know that he provides a, a massive upgrade. I almost think Tannehill's underrated considering how good he was in 2016 developing in that Adam Gase system. Gase really likes him. Cutler was efficient in 2015, even even if his numbers weren't eye-popping. I think he is a vast improvement over Matt Moore and or street quarterback X. And to me, it was a no-brainer to go Cutler over Kaepernick. I wrote about that before he even signed. This is a guy that's familiar with the system. He's not, you know, he's pretty fresh off playing. And uh, he's had some great moments when he's played at times, although uh, the sullen looks and the the faux six smoking certainly give his uh, body language a, a different a different approach to. The, I think actually I think I'm falling back in love with Jay Cutler. Like I like all this like mm-hmm. muscled hair and like southern uh, southern like ticked off charm that he's kind of oozing out of like like devil may care attitude. I kind of love it. I you know what I agree with you completely. He is one of those guys that you now realize as he re-enters uh, things here that football is more fun because he's in the mix. I like it. Tannehill's a delightful character and all of that. Handsome. You and I had the chance to meet with him, but and I think that or at least this is something that people were saying about Cutler at one point in his career. He needs to have a good offensive line. Some of the numbers don't indicate right. that he necessarily is going to thrive with a good offensive line as the Bears uh, fix that situation up. But do you think that he is in a good spot to succeed in Miami? Is I, you know, I and I get where you're. I mean, I completely agree with you. Anybody who says that Cutler is an upgrade from Tannehill, even though there hasn't actually been a meaningful snap of football in between since Cutler retired, still he hung it up and was gone and moved on in his brain to some degree. Tannehill was in the fray, was in the mix and building towards but, 27. Yeah. I don't think you could say that Cutler's, in fact, a better option no, than but I think Tannehill. Let's, but. let's pretend Cutler hadn't retired and, and he was just a free agent for some reason. If you were ranking all 32 quarterbacks in the league, I don't want us to start doing that now, you would probably... Cutler and Tannehill would probably both land somewhere between I agree like with that. 15 right. and 18, and there might be a couple of spots between them, and you could make an argument either way. So yeah, I think Will's right. Like the, it, It's pretty much 50-50. Who would you rather have? Yeah. I, so anyway, I think, I, I think it's uh, viable that, that the Dolphins continue. Uh, I don't think in the 21st century phenomenon in the NFL of teams rising up, spiking up for one season, then falling back down to earth. I don't think that Gase is uh, Gase's Dolphins were one of those teams. I think that they were going to prove that uh, they were on the right track and build on last year. Um, and uh, we'll see if, if they can now do it with six. Yeah, or is he six? He is six. He got the, the, the only the, question is, to me, is 
Cutler hasn't had over the he's what thirty four years old something yeah. like that. He hasn't been healthy for a full season for a while now. It's all very well to bring Jay Cutler in to replace Ryan Tannehill, but can we can you depend on having Jay Cutler for sixteen games, or is Matt Moore at some point going to get involved in this as well? Next question for you fellas: um, Brock Osweiler getting the uh, the first uh, start for the Browns. If Brock Osweiler beats out the two young options that they have willfully drafted to uh, at least attempt to fill the uh, the never-ending void of a uh, decent quarterback in Cleveland. If Brock Osweiler does, in fact, win that gig, is it is it sad? Is it funny? What is it to you, Will Brinson? Potentially great, because that means that the Browns <laughs> could find out what they have in Deshaun Kaiser and Cody Kessler. And if Brock Osweiler starts a full season for the Cleveland Browns, they will finish with the worst record in football, and they will acquire the number one pick. Uh, they will beat out the Jets in that race for, for Sam Darn. What is it, a uh, scam for Sam? Mm-hmm. I believe maybe your colleague Hanzus has uh, Dan Hanzus has coined. Uh, I think the Browns with Brock Osweiler for 16 games could very well be the worst team in football, which would allow Cleveland to get that number one pick. And if Osweiler's better right now than Deshaun Kaiser or Cody Kessler, or at least Osweiler's better – is, is improved enough on Kaiser that you're not willing to see what you have in Kaiser, then you know enough about what you right. have in Kaiser, and it's time to go find somebody that else is, in the first round. So, I do not think yeah. that that is premature to say what you just said. If they do not know, after a week's worth of looking at at, at Kessler in year two and, uh, and now Kaiser, if they can't look at – if they st- – well, right now – Brock Osweiler gives this professional football team a better chance of <laughs> of uh, winning on Sunday. If that if that's the kind of uh, uh, declaration they can make, then, uh, then <laughs> what man? I, I can't. I there could be no excuse for for letting Osweiler. It would start be outrageous, but I like where Brinson's heads at because I have called for years now for the uh, for the um, loser bowl. Brinson, you know the the two worst teams yeah. playing one another to determine who gets the first overall pick. And I can't imagine a better scenario than the Browns and Jets tangling for, yeah. for that uh, for that dishonor. Neither of them would be able to lose either. They would uh, they, it would go on forever. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that, that's exactly – it would be 0-0. Zero, zero, right. And the, that would be would the just downside. Just stay that way. Right. All the way it would be Until like – the year 2030. Right. right. The draft is almost, The draft is next week. Someone's Someone score, score, please. No, Christian well, Hackenberg throws another pick. Yeah. yeah. 17th of the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's grim stuff for both those teams. Next uh, next question for you guys is this one comes to us uh, from Tommy Noobs on Twitter. He asks, what's the worst rule in all of sport? Uh, I say false start in a 100-meter dash because uh, Usain Bolt, you know, just I think he ran his last race. If you move after the gun, wait, if you move after the gun but then .1 seconds after you're out, I don't know exactly what it means, but, yes, if you false start, in advance of the gun, then you're out. That is that is a little severe. I kind of agree. Don't they have that. a couple of chances? I thought you I thought you get eliminated after you've full started at least twice or something. I don't. I don't know. think it happens first time. Who knows? I'm yes, not, I, I, I only my track the, and field. I watch it once every four years. Precisely. And, and yeah, go ahead, Brinson. Why do you tell? Why do you start in the world of pro football? Worst uh, worst rule you see there? Oh, I think it's easy. The fact that if you fumble at the one yard line, you get the ball back at the one. You fumble out of bounds at the one-yard line, you get the ball back at the one. But if you fumble out of bounds into the end zone one yard ahead, the other team gets it 20 yards down the field. Mm, It makes no sense in terms of educating the amount of field position as to where the ball is. It's just random bouncing luck, and it drives me crazy. Let's do something about it. I love that one. Handsome, how say you? Uh, I don't like the fact that in college football you're allowed to catch the ball with one foot in bounds, but in pro football you have to catch it with two. It just it to me it doesn't make sense. Like it's the same game otherwise, but for some reason you're you were giving college players that advantage. I you know it's so you but you would go two feet. Yeah, I would go two. Let's be let's yeah let's be consistent. Well, I you know with uh, college versus pro, I prefer the college method of when you're down, you're down. You know, right. I, it's it's always wonky looking. You know, the Julio. I mean, uh, if you, if you think back to um, to the um, Super Bowl that the that the Ravens won, Jacoby Jones falls down and gets back that's up. Back it's up always again. awkward looking yeah, when that bad. happens. Yeah, I think when bad. you're down, you should be down. Should be down. And in fact, I encourage you, Nate Demand, go find on NFL Films the early '50s video 
of the old rule that you had to be held down by the defenders <laughs> and watch those guys Jeff try to get back around, up yeah. and then they get hammered again. <laughs> it, it looks uh, it looks outrageous. I have many rules changes, of course, that I would uh, like to see. I think a terrible rule is holding as a 10-yard penalty. Why is every other penalty five yards But outside of personal fouls? But only holding is 10 yards. It mm. scuttles entire drives because – and it's we, the, the reason it's a weird penalty is because, as they always say, you could call holding on pretty much every snap. Right. So it's it feels semi-arbitrary when they're going to flag you on that, and it just ruins entire drives. Make it a five-yard thing. Then it's not as bad, right? Okay. Yeah, that's, not that's a minor one. That's a minor one. Two. I would like to oh, see two. the goalposts. <laughs> Sit I'd, back. I'd like to see the goalposts moved back up to the goal line just no, for the entertainment no. value of having guys. And as I've said before, if you had the goalposts right at the goal line, how would it be that you would never, you wouldn't be able to score every single time you yeah, have the of ball? You would. Just line the ball up. Have the center line up directly across from the goalpost. Have it snapped them, and the, there wouldn't be – you couldn't have a defender right. in the place of the goalpost. You then just reach over, you touch the goalpost, it's a touchdown every time. That's but of course, the reason not to do that. And you also, using using the defender to, like, at the goalpost to rub as the pick, defender right. off as a pick would yeah. also be fun to watch. All those, yeah. all those things. But the biggest rule I would change is I would, because I'm a curmudgeon, the fact that so many teams make the playoffs in every sports – in every sport – is to make it more compelling for the fans, for a bigger swath of fans throughout the season, uh, which is fine. But if you want to determine who the best teams are, you would reduce all those wild cards, especially in 60-minute games. An entire 16 games can be flushed down the toilet because one guy, you know, because somebody has uh, uh, a, a random play. Somebody blocks a punt, and that can throw a whole game. That can flush the entire season but that, but then- down the drain. I, I, I'm all for... But the in Major League Baseball, a hundred years ago, it was a best of nine. You had two, you had two pennant winners, no one else. They would play a best of nine series. I'd be all for that in all sports. Just let the two conference champions go head to head. But you lose the Cinderella stories. You lose the ah. excitement of a team coming from nowhere and then I'll get over beating it. the best. Wouldn't wouldn't you have lost the last Steelers Super Bowl? People like to throw that one at me, but I'm not 10 years old. That's fine. So, all right. I'd, I'd, I'd still uh, I'd still feel good about it. And how could we make it an entire conversation about uh, what's the worst rule in sport without talking about the catch rule in the NFL right now? Yes. But I don't even know what the rule is. At this Fair. Point. So Fair. It's, hard it's hard to, address to define, it, you don't know. define it because I don't know what it is. Brinson, uh, now let's revisit something. About a year ago, you visited us on this very <laughs> big screen, and we talked about the NFC South. And uh, to be – oh, well, actually, let's take a listen back to some of that sound. We were talking about the quarterbacks in the NFC South, and uh, and here's the nature of that conversation. Matt Ryan, he's one pass in the red zone away from getting to a Super Bowl, and now I think we can make a pretty strong case. He's the fourth best quarterback in, in his own division. If By end to- of the year, I think we will all be saying that, right? <laughs> yeah, I think for sure. I mean, I, you know – who knows what will happen with Breeze? I'm guessing that he'll get paid because he's freaking Drew Breeze and it's New Orleans and he's going to put up big mu- numbers. I mean, to me, Cam is, is, is the easy number one choice. If I was building a franchise right now, I mean, let's say you're building a franchise and you have to do it for the next three to five years to win because that's otherwise you're going to get fired. I'm going Cam one, Jameis two, Breeze three, and Matt Ryan a distant fourth. See, Brinson, what happened to you there was you fell into a trap of uh, nice guidem. You you yeah, you, agreed you were trying show. to be agreeable with the right. dopey with the dopey potbelly host of the show, and so you thought, ah, what? I'll just go along with what he's saying there, and 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 as a result, for the last twelve months, you've been hammered like I have by Falcons fans. Uh, no, I agreed. I mean. Before last year, he was the fourth best quarterback if you were building a franchise, and then he had this MVP season. Now, if Matt Ryan backs it up again, see, I think Dave, what we're going to see this year, this is my reverse. I'm going to I'm going to go in a different direction with this and avoid uh, a, a terrifying fan base known as FSU Twitter. I think that we're going to see for the third straight year a quarterback come out of this division from the bottom to the top. And it's going to be Jameis Winston who might be considered the best quarterback in this division thanks to the addition of Deshaun Jackson. Because remember, I mean, before 2015, if you had said Cam Newton is the best quarterback in the NFC South, you would have been laughed at. And then he wins the MVP. And then you say the same thing about Matt Ryan and he wins the MVP. I think it's Jameis' turn. 
And uh, yes, what we said about Matt Ryan last year was very stupid. If you guys had balls, what you would do now is you would say, at the Double end of the season, Ryan. Matt Ryan will be the worst quarterback in that division. Right, you know what? Because you're my guest, because I'm a gentleman, yep. I'm going to defer to my guest and let him go first on it. <laughs> go ahead, give us your NFC South quarterback rankings by New Year's Day 2018. Is there a better division for quarterbacks than the NFC South? I don't think there is, Not right? We can, I don't think it's no. close, right? Not, yeah, oh, well, it's, I'm running through them in my head I, as quickly as I can. I don't think there would be... Yeah, the only competition no. would be the AFC West and the Broncos right. stink and the, yeah. the, the, you have Alex Smith. No, it's yeah. not even close. I mean, yeah. you have four guys who are in the top 10, I think. I, I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say Jameis is number one. Cam? No, Breeze is number two. I Cam love it. It's Matt Ryan. <laughs> All right, oh, it again. <laughs> I want it clean. I want it clean. So give them to us again, just for the record. So we have to play this James, back a year from now. Yep. That's right. That's right. Jameis Winston won. Drew Brees, two. Cam Newton, three. Matt Ryan, a distance. He boy. did it! He did it! Handsome, do you admire him now? I do admire him, and I wanted him to do it, but you don't think you get away with it as well. You have to do something here here as well. Well, Brinson just said that no one would have said uh, Cam was the best quarterback in the division. In fact, you know, Handsome, I did say that. that Cam, I've been high on Cam you, for a long true. time. That's true. I love Cam. So Cam, I think, returns to form this year. Right. So he goes back to the to number one. Although I will be interested to see so much of his game to this point, obviously, has been based around his ability to to uh, dominate defenders by running over them. I wonder if he'll continue to do that. I this is going to be unsatisfying. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. <laughs> Everyone else one. is second equal. No, I'm gonna. Well, all right. Here's okay, here's what we'll do. here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. You ready now? I'm gonna go bold myself here. Cam one, Ryan two, and then like two A three ish. Jameis, Drew Brees, future Hall of Famer, one of the ten best quarterbacks of the Super Bowl era. By the end of 2017, will be regarded as the fourth best quarterback in the <laughs> NFC South. So there you go, handsome. A couple well of bold uh, comments there. Well done, both of you. Either way, Brinson and handsome. Have you ever considered the fact that since the NFL went to four team divisions, there can't possibly be a lower combined jersey number total of the four quarterbacks than what you have in the NFC South? You have Cam Newton in number one. Matt Ryan wears number two. Jameis wears number three and Breeze wears number nine for a grand total, a grand total of 15. You wouldn't be able to come up with a, a lower number than that. I'd like to hear a high, the, what the all-time highest number would be by division. Apparently, I'm the only one interested. No, I'm, 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 th I'm interested, but I, I don't have an alternative for you. All right, isn't it, but you're not interested in that? They're all single-digit oh, guys? Just, I, one, two, three, and nine? James is, uh, James is three, right? Not five. He's three. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my head's spinning trying to think of yeah, like I don't I don't know where to go. <laughs> I want to I, now now we have to, but we really do now need to. Uh, and by and by we, I mean uh, you, Emma VP, have to figure out what uh, what the highest total in. Send an email division. to the crack research team. I'm sure that's exactly what they want on the, on the <laughs> eve of the NFL season. Is is could you go back through 80 years of football history and and work this out for us? I love it, but you know what? I do want. So any curmudgeons uh, from the Saints fan the fan base or the Falcons fan base, um, and by the way, the Falcons fan base, sneaky option for um, biggest chip on the shoulder fan base in the NFL. I used to say it was the Seahawks. But well, but I think they the have Falcons are making a push here now. They have something in common, though. They're they're new to the to success. That's like right. The Seahawks were at the time, and they want to get their their fill of being praised. So true. They want to pound. That's true. The teams that aren't exactly on par with the with the more established uh, high end teams pound the table. Where, where's where's our parade right. already? Exactly. Yeah, Falcons fans are doing that right now. In fact, I issued. My uh, my triplets rankings one through thirty two the best uh, skill position triplets in the NFL and I had the Falcons three behind the Steelers and the Cowboys and you would you would have thought I had the Falcons ranked thirty seventh <laughs> they are very upset uh, at the way I think about the about their team they were uh, they were third overall but yeah Brinson you're in that neck of the woods there is that uh, is am I right about that what is the most persnickety fan base out there. 
Well, I, I agree with you. The Falcons are very chirpy. You got to remember, I mean, I'm a Braves fan dating back to a long time, and I'm, I won't bring up the 92 NLCS or anything, Dave, but I think that if you. Well, and, and you know, I mean, for the record, <laughs> you kind of just did. No, I do. That was the point. <laughs> um, but I think that if you look at this city and the teams they've had, you know, the Hawks are the Hawks are guaranteed out in the first round of the playoffs every year. The Braves won 14 straight division titles and came away with one World Series, which is pretty depressing when you think about it. And then the Falcons have been closed twice. So it's like they haven't had any real success since the, that Braves run. And now that the Falcons are starting to come back around, you see these, these people coming out of the woodwork. I would caution you that should the Jacksonville Jaguars win seven to nine games this year, those fans will be absolutely unbearable. Oh, listen, I've had my dealings with Jags fans as well, and uh, they've been none too pleasant on occasion, at least. And, uh, Brinson, before we let you go, I-, I guess we'll have to come around on some ACC talk, the uh, the finest conference in all of college football, um, thanks to the inclusion in part of uh, the Pitt Panthers. Are our teams tangling this year, Wolfpack Panthers? Yeah, we are. I think we got a, uh, a matchup. In Raleigh, I believe, Ooh. maybe in, in November, I think, right? Narduzzi gets to roll in. and uh, In fact, it is after – yeah, it's, it's either late October or early November because we play at Notre Dame for the first time since, like, 1940, and then we come back and we have to welcome the Narduzzi train. I'm a little worried that if we pull the upset in South Bend that we come back and get stomped by the, the dangerous Pittsburgh defense. Although people are really, really high on NC State this year for some reason – which is just about the dumbest thing you can do if you're prognosticating. <laughs> As you know, yeah, that game's October 14th, uh, says uh, MOVP into my year. Um, yeah, the uh, the the Wolf Pack. Well, we've talked about that. I've uh, I've belly ached about that. The ACC is the home for the most programs that produce high end NFL talent yet struggle to go six and six in yeah. college football. Pitt and well, North Carolina it- State. And North Carolina, UNC probably are the three front runners of that one. What well, NC State probably has the worst deal of anyone in the country because if you like, NC State has to play Louisville, Clemson, and Florida State every single year. Like a fourth place, you, NC State could go eight and four and finish fourth in the division and not even sniff a shot at the uh, the glorious ACC championship that has eluded. Uh, our generation of, of folks here in Raleigh. Ooh, I'm getting excited for college football. I've been watching those coming. best of 2016 coming. games uh, coming around here. Brinson, final thoughts from you. Uh, the best uh, episode of Thrones that you've ever seen uh, last Sunday night? It's up there. I mean, hard home, it's tough to beat hard home because the, the shock value when – I don't have to worry about spoilers here, right? There's spoilers we can there. spoil. We can I've spoil. been catching okay, heat again know. this week. But listen, this is a pop culture thing. Right. If, uh, what, uh, what kind of thing is if this? If you really that we loved can't... it, then you would uh, you would have watched it by now. If you it's, didn't, then you don't care. It's Tuesday at the time. It's midday Tuesday. Right. If you have if you love Thrones so much, then you should have uh, found a way yeah. to see it by now. And if now. not, we're about to talk about oh, it. Oh, right. So good, good. Good, good, right. Fair enough. That is the one caveat. We have decided we will always give uh, the – we're going to talk about Thrones. I don't know if we'll go deep or not, but Brinson, go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, Hard Home was a, a game changer in terms of you watch the Night King raise his arms and everybody pops up and you realize that, oh, oh, my goodness, this is this is a real problem much bigger than, you know, as, as John not so eloquently points out to, to Danny all the time, this is a much bigger problem than this little child's play game you got going on here in King's Landing. Uh, but then I think the ultimate culmination of uh, of this episode was the fact that we finally got to see dragons unleashed. Mm. I mean, that's been kind of the whole thing that we've been waiting for, right, is to see how dragons would would actually behave in a, in a wartime scenario, coupled with a Dothraki herd that was that was terrifying enough that it, it you, you know, you saw that in the preview, of course, Jamie Lannister's face when he sees him coming over right. the hill. And, and so to, to like the double down on that, to have the Dothraki storming over the hill, and then you hear that screech, and everybody realizes what's happening. And, and now this big Lannister force is no longer that impressive. And you have this juxtaposition of, are you rooting for the dragons to be unstoppable? Because that kind of makes the show boring. Or are you actually rooting for a dragon to die? And I think exactly. they did a nice job of, of combining it where the dragon gets injured but not, not killed, and then still you get a cliffhanger there. Boy, man, you 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 got it exactly right. Uh, you know, one that's why I've said for three, four years now, you can't have Daenerys win. She can't end up the champ of uh, the the winner of the right. Seven Kingdoms because it's like the Patriots, it's rooting for the Yankees, yeah. right? She has the three dragons and the biggest army, and she's got magic and all that stuff on her side. It's bogus if the dragons just lay waste to everybody. Right. 
Um, which is why the dilemma that Will pointed out with, with John and trying to persuade her to look north rather than south is what will ultimately determine what happens here. Here was what I thought about Daenerys. He, so Bronn shoots that, the giant arrow thing, and it whizzes by her head. She sees it. She sees right. where it's coming from. And she turns around and steers. Then she flies right back into it. it. This felt like uh, this felt like bevel level bad decision making. <laughs> right? Why would you fly? What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you flying right back also, into there? You just also, saw what happened. The, the, imagine how difficult it is for Bronn to turn that thing around. All you ha- all she has to do is whip her dragon around the other way, come up on him behind, and and scorch him. Tactical mistake, Brinson. Yeah, I mean, Danny's entire plan is littered with tactical mistakes. I mean, Tyr- Tyrion has looked like Andy Reid with his clock management out here. I mean, the, the, you know, you send the you send the the, the unsullied to to you know Casterly Rock, and then all of a sudden you have no ships on this island with just the Dothraki. You're able to sneak him back over there. A nice move to attack this this moving feet moving fleet of of, of army folks, and 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 not to uh, and not to go after King's Landing and burn the burn the common folk. I, I respect that. But I agree with you. If, if you're Danny, you see that thing fly by, and you've got to clear out of here. You're on a dragon. Right. If you get hit, there's no there's no parachute. You're going down into the water, and as we learned, it's it's actually very it's deep. It's very water. very deep water, even right by the <laughs> by the shore. Yeah, it, it drops map- off. It goes from an inch to like right. seventy five. And feet with area. no warning at all. Imagine if you rode your horse in there, thinking, "Well, I'm <laughs> just you know we're just we're just galloping along the along the seashore." All of a sudden, it would be you know seven fathoms deep. I, I, but you're you're exactly right. You know the impact that it has. I mean, she. You know, the the, the dragon comes along and just torches. Uh, you know, a a, a, a segment right. of of the uh, of the army. But then get out of there. I mean, the 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 point is because what what's you're not going to beat that moment where he lays the fire down and then right. through it come the Dothraki. Yeah, exactly. Making those those noises from the depths of hell. Now, I mean, I would. I would when when Bronze like we should go now, Jamie Lannister. <laughs> we're like, woo, woo, let's go. I, I would not be sticking around for that yeah, at Bron's, all. Bron would turn to me and say that, and be like, wait, where did you go? <laughs> I had <it> long. <laughs> and, and how about that the Dothraki can jump up on the back of their? They stand on and the shoot. horses to shoot arrows. I mean, that's circus stuff. Yeah. Hey, the other bit that that occurred to me, uh, John uh, does his best work in caves. If you remember. His 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 ginger girlfriend, you know, she he she took him oh. into a cave and something happened, and then the sparks were he made, flying. He made his love. He made his love on her. That's right. what happened. And then the sparks were flying. He took Danny into a cave, and it was like, okay, I you know what's coming. All right, listen, Will Brinson, terrific stuff. Make sure you check out uh, Pick Six, the podcast. Who's all on it? It's Prisco. Uh, myself, Nick Costos, Pete Prisco, Jason Lockenfora. We oh. love it. You know, if you. Either you guys want to ever come on, we'd love to have you on too. We're going Locking to be rotating guests throughout the year. Excellent. Yeah, JLC's on there. Wow. Yeah. I saw Prisco declared that uh, the greatest weapon or the ultimate weapon in the NFL is Drew Brees' mind. <laughs> You've just declared him the worst quarterback in the NFC. That's no. right. So that, 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 that's, <laughs> that's a good place to that's start. That's a great place for the conversation to begin. Now, Prisco, yeah. Well, to yeah. me, yeah. Uh, uh, we can, uh, we'll pick it up there. Um, all right, listen. Will Brinson and also CBSSports.com. What's the name of the uh, of your latest piece? You can find Will Brinson on Twitter, one of the best. Actually, I've got, I've got like, we got we unleashed a burning question for each NFL team today. Unleashed. Ooh. I say that like dragons. Um, and I did six of them. I had the Titans. I think the exotic smash mouth might be unstoppable with these new wide receivers. Hmm. I had uh, Dalvin cook and how he fits perfectly into the, um, into the Vikings offense cams improvement and, and a couple more, but they are all up on cbssports.com right now. And I'm sure I'll, I'll tweet them out at Will Brinson. If you want to check that out, I will say this is the time of year for, for unbridled optimism, save the of jets course. and Browns. And it, it, you can talk yourself into every team right. being really good. Yep. You can talk yourself into, I think this team. I think I, there are 28 teams going to the playoffs. It's a, it kind of the, 40, the 49ers can win nine games, guys. I'm just saying, if you break it down a certain way. <laughs> <laughs> the great Will Brinson, and like I say, one of the great Twitter follows out there. Very funny and uh, and insightful stuff. Let's kibitz again soon, sooner rather than later, eh, Brinson? Absolutely, anytime, guys. Next time, Good Percocet and pantslessness. Yeah, you are you going a bit cold turkey on the Percocet? There's a lot of sweat pouring. I know. I don't know why I'm dewy. I can't. I can't, I don't know why I get dewy at this point. Hey, I wanted to share um, 
this with you. Uh, Spaghetti pointed out um, to to me that um, Jay Cutler isn't the only Jay Cutler in the world of sports. There's also a Jay Cutler who's, what is he, a bodybuilder guy? And by the way, as a side note, is that really a sport? Are we really going to uh, – Is that's not a sport per se. But smothering, body yourself, body smothering yourself in olive oil and, and, and it's, I think that's what they do. They do call themselves athletes. If you ask Jay Cutler, he'd say he's an athlete. Jay Cutler, bodybuilder, not Jay Cutler, quarterback. Well, there's a fair bit of irony in that the the – the position in all of sports that's considered the most important is quarterback, and Jay Cutler, the quarterback, just declared he doesn't have to be in any kind of shape to play it. But then on the other end of the spectrum, even though I don't wouldn't even properly call it a sport, that guy is, I guess, in peak uh, physique. All right, Spaghetti, lay it on us. You said that's just the tip of the uh, redundant name yeah, this uh, is, this emp- is, uh, uh, mountain there. There's quite a bit. I went through a long list. I pulled some of the most popular ones. Uh, Brian Wilson, famous beach boy, and San Francisco giant closer. Adam Scott, the actor. Oh, wait, hold on. Yes. Emma VP just mentioned to me. I, for, I, yeah, I should mention, we call him Eddie Spaghetti because it gets confusing. He's a, Your real name is what? My real, well, my full name was Edward Murphy, which could be shortened to Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. But you're not the Eddie you're Murphy. You're not the, are you I'm sure? Not, neither is my dad or grandfather. Uh, just, you know, just a podcast producer. Right, right. So that, so this jump. is of personal interest to you. All right, continue then. Uh, Adam Scott, the actor from Parks and Rec and The Golfer. Jack Gleason, Jackie Gleason's famous uh, actor. But people don't know Joffrey, who played Joffrey in uh, Game of Thrones. His name is also Jack Gleason. Uh, got a couple. You got a Mike Wallace, who is a former Pittsburgh Steeler and uh, also the journalist you see on 60 Minutes and right. uh, such. Sam Adams, uh, the former defensive tackle, also like Boston, you know, Patriot back in the Revolutionary days. The Jimmy Johnson. And Beer. Yeah, and Beer, too. So yep. it's three of them. Jimmy Johnson. Well, I think it's based on one of the two guys. Not uh, Probably not the, the former Raven. <laughs> yeah. Well, he looked like he may have drunk a lot of beer. That's true. He so had right. a beer belly. He was at least, you know, they sh- they could have been done an endorsement deal. Circle complete. His, his belly could have been sponsored by Sam Adams. Beer. Let's see if we can do that. Oh, wait a minute. Speaking of sponsorships, Melvin uh, Gordon, who joined us about a month ago, sat uh, I- exactly where you're sitting right now, handsome Hank. And I mentioned to him, you know, what's the high-end possibility for a pro football team that has not one but two guys named Melvin on it? Right. That seems unlikely that you're going to succeed. You know, two two guys named Melvin. And he said he would rather this happen. Two high-end Melvins. When does that ever happen in Man, sports history? Never. So what we was trying to do – Melvin. Since I'm on air. I'm on, I'm yeah, on. you're on. You're on. Okay, Eminem, right? Melvin and Melvin, Eminem, if y'all listening, <laughs> let's work something out. That's you interesting. Know, Melvin just got the, you know, the big contract. I'm up and coming. Eminem, I mean, we can get this thing rolling. So I'm glad I'm on air. I can talk this. I can talk to you guys. I hope you watch. I know someone in the Eminem Corporation watching this. So come on, let's work something I, out. I mean, listen. <laughs> I, I, pre- I You know what? Yeah. I like your I mean, marketing it's not, instincts. It's not that, bad, huh, Eminem? Not bad. It's excellent. Well, I mean, you know, update, it seems as though Eminem did hear our pleas and did send Eminem's to Melvin and Melvin there at Chargers camp. We're hoping to join them next week at camp in Costa Mesa, and we'll, uh, maybe we could shoot a commercial while we're down there. Anyway, Spaghetti, continue with your fine list here. There's a couple of fun ones that have different spellings but the same pronunciation, obviously. So Jimmy Johnson, the NASCAR driver, Jimmy Johnson, uh, the football coach who was just at the Hall of Fame inductions. You have Steven Jackson, the former running back, Steven Jackson, the uh, guard slash forward in the NBA. Uh, you have Isaiah Thomas, both basketball players, but spelled differently. One has the extra A. This is the one that is now on the Celtics. Uh, the Hall of Famer, Zeke, just has the single uh, A. And I think Isaiah Thomas of the Celtics is named Isaiah Thomas because he lost a, because his dad lost a bet. I Rich. think that's true. I did not know that. Yeah, I think it was, <laughs> I, 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 I think that that's the origin of that name. Oh. It was like a punishment to, uh, Probably a non-Pistons fan or something. Well, but anyway, continue. that's a good nugget. Uh, Roy Williams. There's three Roy Williams. The two the wide receiver, the defensive back, and the coach of now the Tar Heels. Ooh. So that's yeah, a very popular name. Jack Johnson, singer, NHL player. I believe he was like the first overall pick uh, a decade ago. Uh, Nasty guy. Larry Johnson, grandmama from the NBA, former Nick. And Larry Johnson, the running back in the Chiefs. 
Uh, did I miss anyone? Kevin Smith, too, the writer, actor, and then the running back uh, used to be on the Lions, I believe. So those are all my popular ones. Um, very well done there, uh, Spaghetti. Uh, handsome, I, uh, a, a quick update on the Shecky Awards. They're fast approaching sooner right. than you realize. Of course, that will be preceded by the fir- the awarding of the first official Shecky Award. Each year is awarded at Pie Off. Pie Off 6 will be here around uh, Thanksgiving week, and then the Shecky Awards for all the other most important categories out there. Fruit of the year, Brinson actually was uh, was kibitzing to me because I talk. Uh, I'll be on Adam Carolla later this uh, this week on his podcast. So be on the lookout for that. Brinson caught wind of my update of uh, the fruit of the year. Any good fruits jumping out at you? Uh, I've had some great peaches. Um, white, white yellow. peaches. I've had some great white peaches this summer. Uh, I I love a raspberry. Hmm. I don't care for the raspberry. Hmm. I'm, it's a, it's just never struck my fancy. You know, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't love it, but I do want to update you on another important category. Best movie I saw this year, right. which isn't necessarily a movie released no. this year. It could be anything, you know, a movie I watched. The Empire Strikes Back's won seven years in a row, something like that. Well, I think I think it's I think uh, it, impressive maybe streak, streak was interrupted broke. last year, right? Yeah. Oh, OJ making a murderer one uh, one that did it. That's a movie. What's it called? What's it called, MVP? Get on the microphone, would you? OJ Made in America, but you made an infamous flub, and you said OJ making a murderer. It was funny. Ah. Uh, you combined that Netflix series. Oh, yeah. I got you. Yep. I got you now. Um, I but think that wasn't that. Neither that o- right, the neither OJ one wasn't a, film, a movie. So, but he did say that was his favorite movie. That's not a movie? A documentary is oh, not a movie? Six part. It's like a seven-part hour, each one hour, hour and a half long. I like the one about the nuns. Did you see the the nuns documentary? Nuns on the run. <laughs> Do you remember no, that like, movie? It was like, yeah, it was like, Do you yeah, no, nuns this on was, the run? Who was in that? Was that Danny DeVito? Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Now, Whoopi was the one who she was teaches sister act. She was that's when she goes in. It was and, definitely a movie called Nuns on the Run. That rings a bell for me. Uh, I'm pretty sure that, but you're right, sister act as well. Yeah. I have finally seen a couple of actual non-animated movies this summer. One being Dunkirk. I'm, I need to go and see you it. You haven't Almost seen that. Almost tonight, I would like to go and see it. Handsome, you, I'm I'm, I'm bummed to hear you didn't hear it, cause, but I, I, I did mean to actually text you and say, if you haven't seen it yet, go see it. I suspect I should have gone with you. I'd have liked to have gone with you. I suspect that your heart will swell with uh, with pride. pride for That's. Your, I mean, for I, my, my dad went to see it when I was back in the UK a couple of weeks ago. He just announced to the family, I'm going off to the movies now. And it was two o'clock in the afternoon. Everyone was like, "That's weird." But if that's what you want to do, it was almost the day it came out, and he came back saying the same thing. And I saw Baby Driver, which is fantastic. I, by a whisker, am going to give my summer Shecky Award. This is in no way an indication of who's going to win the Shecky Award for best movie I saw this watch this right. year. But right now, I'm going to put Baby Driver ahead of Dunkirk. Yeah, we park our aircraft in the same hangar, Dave. You enjoyed that, I Baby really Driver, enjoyed huh? Yeah. I'm. I, can you think of, in the history of movies, what movie has been influenced? Has influenced your opinion of it because of the soundtrack? Uh, there's there, there's a there's a few with I mean, outside I think, music. I mean, I'm, it's another discussion. Star Wars obviously has its own no, original. Sure. Pulp Fiction, I think, is one that the soundtrack kind of lives with it. That you know, those two good fellas hand in hand. Good fellas is another great one. Um, I'm trying to think, there's definitely uh, there was one movie I bet you didn't see, but I used to love it uh, called Pump Up the Volume. Had Christian Slater in. Mm-hmm. Had some great, remember great that. music in there. Some Pixies, some other other bands that I liked at the time. But but I mean, but this one, but this one's right up there. heavily influenced yeah. by the music that's yeah. playing it, and it's in, it's incorporated in a way that makes sense within the movie. As well. I mean, fascinating that they, in fact, I don't even remember what song they were playing at the time. Where there's uh, where they where they uh, the rhythm of the song or yes. the rhythm of the gunshots, gunshots in a shootout in uh, the, work with the with the, the beat of, with the yeah. rhythm of the song. Was that a bad description? Did I sound uh You like sounded old. You sounded old. <laughs> yeah, it's the Percocet talking right. still. I'm going to blame everything on Percocet from now on. Um, all right, is that it, Emma VP? What do you want to do now? Or Bartlett behind the glass? What do you guys want to do? Is that it for you? I think that's it. Have we made peace yet behind, with, with – uh, Wait, with, what's happened, Pat? No. 
Well, handsome. I don't know if you. I heard. was away. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I missed something. We should really get them around here to to hash this thing out. Well, I like awkward about... moments, so I think we, if we can make this awkward between some people, I'm happy. I, well, that's that, that's the the bummer of it is that Sully and Savvy are not here right now, but they're soon too. As soon as we stop down here, they're going to do episode two of their emerging mini podcast yes. within the DDFP, the game of Game, game of, of Thrones, Thrones game podcast, uh, uh, where they break it down uh, for you properly. These are experts as opposed yes. to you and me yeah, just, we're just watching it stuff up. being confused by who knows whom and yeah, why that full. person's angry and right. whatever and all that stuff. Spaghetti and Sully and Savvy, they know the answers to these things. What they couldn't answer is why they treat each other badly. Apparently, when they were about to begin the first show, Spaghetti was ready. Savvy was ready to go, but Sully, Sully wasn't. Sully wasn't there, I would and never, they said, "Well, ever have picked it." Sully and they to said, be the one. and they so I guess they decided, or Sully decided. So what happened there? So you two, so you and Savvy were sitting down in '66, ready to record. Sully couldn't make it, and then you said, well, and then, so, so why didn't you just do it with the two of you right then and there? So, yeah, the, the process was we just kind of slack each other, saying, when's the best time you can record? We hope that we're all free at the same time, and we got a time. It was 9 a.m. in the morning, uh, the day after the show. We, Me and Sylline uh, Savvy were sitting here, and Sully was nowhere to be found. We called him, texted him, uh, walked downstairs. He's at his desk, just ignored it, and he's mm. like, yeah, I'm busy. So, I would have guessed he was fishing. <laughs> So, unfortunately, whenever – so then Savannah was busy the rest of the day, and then me and Sully had to come up here and just do uh, just the two of us. But so you just did it without Savvy. You, you did the episode without Savvy involved. Unfortunately, yeah. Why Why would you not do it without Sully involved? Uh, I watched the first show. I would say that, Eddie, you did a fantastic job. You. Savvy did a great job. I, I could have done it without Sully. Like, I, I, wouldn't, mm. I didn't think we need, you needed him. He felt like a third wheel. So Sully was cool. So, so Sully, who said, well, wait, you guys can't do the show without me. I'm not available, had no well, compunction. Even, it doesn't sound like he even, even did that. He just didn't show up. Didn't even up. show right. up. But then when Savvy was unavailable, that was Sully right declared, time. no matter, we have we have the core two here. Let's just do the show now. I, I didn't even have an option. It was like he approached me. He's like, all right, let's, we can go do it now. And like he just, it was a statement. So I was like, oh, okay. And we the just bit, came upstairs. The bit that I find difficult to comprehend is, let's be honest, Sully doesn't do anything else. It's not right. like like it's not like you're saying, well, I've got to find the 30 minutes in Sully's schedule because you know, he's just so busy the right. rest of the time. Exactly. So it feels like this was Sully making a statement of some kind that he doesn't want to work with Savvy. I did see Savvy, and all I can tell you is her feelings were very hurt. We have Sully ready to go here. Hey, Sully. Yo. Hey, uh, Dave Damashek here, host of the Dave Damashek football Hi. program. How are you? What's going on? Doing well, doing well. I hear you all talking a little smack. Hey, Sully, uh, hope, hope we didn't interrupt you from doing something important. No, I'm just eating a uh, tuna avocado melt <laughs> from the huddle. <laughs> of course you are. You're third of the day. Fair. Mm-hmm. Sully, you say y'all are talking smack. I'm not talking any smack. Neither is Handsome Hank. We're just trying to get to the bottom of what happened um, with the uh, with the debut episode of the Game of Game of Thrones uh, mm-hmm. game cast. Um, now, here's what – so Savvy reported back to me. I saw her and said, why weren't you in on that first episode? And she said, oh, well, because uh, – Spaghetti and Sully just went ahead and did it without me. I guess Sully wasn't available at the initial time we said, and then they just went ahead and did it. That's So that was all Savvy knew. Spaghetti, though, is now reporting that it was entirely your decision to leave Savvy out, and he was yeah, helpless in yeah. that. That I, you I, decided, I, we don't need Savvy, just me and you, Spaghetti. How say you to that charge? That's right. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, we, we hit our quota uh, with Georgia Bulldogs on the podcast, and that's uh, zero. So, uh, yeah, definitely definitely didn't want Savvy involved in the first. Uh, but definitely uh, came into the fold, and uh, now, now she's, a, a, she's a pivotal part of the, the Game of Thrones uh, game, game, game of Thrones review. So it's, it was so personal. I'll, I'll turn a new leaf. So it was personal. This wasn't a professional thing. This oh, yeah. was entirely it's personal. personal. This is SEC-inspired heat. You, That's the right. Tennessee volunteer, right. decided mm-hmm. willfully that you wanted the hi-hat savvy here and now to, to establish SEC dominance. Correct. Completely correct. And, and so when, I admire, I admire I, how forthright he is about all this. Did you apologize to Savvy? 
Uh, I, we haven't had that conversation yet. We, we do you speak uh, at all? Really Out, outside of the show, do you ever speak to each other? Yes, all you the time. Spaghetti, we had a did you, together. Spaghetti, did you apologize to Savvy? I didn't think I needed to. Because you had nothing to do with it in the first place. I said yeah. we planned at 9 o'clock in the morning to tape, and two of the three were here. That was it. I, I just I the, the, the other the other thing that we do need to get to the bottom of then is why Spaghetti and Sully's relationship apparently it, they agree too that Sully outranks Spaghetti and Spaghetti as a man has no problem with that. Is there no? Is there you have no? Where did where did this conversation happen? <laughs> well, why would why 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 else would Spaghetti defer to what you want? Why do why do you get to tell Spaghetti how it's going to be? We kind of we kind of <laughs> teamed up on that. I think he kind of went with it. <laughs> so wait, so Spaghetti, what about you? Are you are you willing then to the listening to to the Czech Republic out there right now to announce that you? lack enough spine to stand up to Sully? Right. Is that where we are? No, me and Sully are, are great friends. I'm just, well, that's what, that's, that's exactly what I'm just as, long as, you do, as long as you do what Sully right. wants, the friendship is maintained. Right. I'm just the company guy. Yeah. I was told to please record a quick five-minute Game of Thrones uh, game of Game of Thrones recap, and I did it. Sully said he's ready to go now. I said, okay, well, you know, two is better than zero, so two of us came upstairs, and we did our but five you minutes. Had, and who you cares already that, had two one time. I, don't I know, but I guess... You had the, two before. That wasn't good enough. Now suddenly the two with Sully in, let's call that two and a half, and all of a sudden, and it, who it, cares about and who cares about poor Savvy's feelings? I think right? I think in the moment we were uh, uh, we were upset Sully wasn't here. Me and Savannah just said, you know, we'll find another time for when Sully could join us, and that time never happened, unfortunately, because of her busy schedule. Well, I mean, I, I you know what the the puppet master Sully. You know, apparently he pulls the strings. He's the spaghetti master. The 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 the, <laughs> the strings are made of spaghetti, and uh, and he and he works uh, spaghetti in that fashion. But joining us now in Studio 66, sideline reporter Savvy. What's happening? First of all, it's a pleasure to be in Studio 66 with in your presence. I know. I'm sure it is a pleasure to be in here and be allowed to speak. And, right. you know, we're happy to hear from we, you. We were going to do it's the show together, amazing. but then we thought, no, we'll wait for you to come so that there could be three of us here. Savvy, I hate to bring up any ugliness, any, uh, you know, any, you know, difficult situation among my colleagues, but I feel obligated to do so. Okay. And uh, it appears that I don't know how much they conspired to do it, but on the initial episode of the Game of uh, Game of Thrones cast, Sully and Spaghetti somehow arrived at the decision that you didn't need to be in on it. Somehow it conveniently worked around their schedules and not mine. I mean, I'm glad that we're finally addressing this did on you, air. Did you, did it hurt your feelings? Yes. Yeah. You know, I, Sideline Savvy just shouldn't be disrespected in the way that she was. Sully's kind of all over the place because here's his story. <laughs> on one hand, he's the one who decided that Savvy shouldn't be on out of some weird SEC spite. Right, right, yeah. exactly. But I then mean, he's also blaming Spaghetti to some degree, and Spaghetti, for his part, is a looking, you know, my esteem for him as a man is going down with each passing no, moment of so this No, so now I have to defend Eddie Spaghetti. Yeah. We were both here in studio at 9 a.m. ready to go. Yeah. It was, it's all on Sully. Eddie came in early to tape. You know, so when things are later. important to you, you make time for them. You know, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess it was no, um, you know, it wasn't good enough. Oh, you get to be you get to have your own podcast on NFL media. That wasn't enough to uh, to lure Sully into yeah. the studio. No, the only thing that gets his attention, apparently, tuna sa- to tuna salad sandwich, lunch breaks. It's time for sideline reporter Savvy, along with two schnooks. Talking about the game of Game, game of, of Thrones. Thrones game we game are playing. Podcast. Game of Thrones game. Game of Thrones game. Dave Damashek. Thanks, Sheck. All right, guys. Week four, Game of Thrones recap time. Eddie Spaghetti here. Sideline Savvy. Sully. Crew is back. Check, check, and We're back. Check. A 9.9 episode on IMDb. Not surprising. What a Sunday night. Top three. I you think? think? Go, Top three all time. Got to go hard home. Um, you have to you have to put this right up there with the with Agreed. the with the brothers episode yeah. or yep. the the battle, the battle of the battle of the bastards. Battle of the bastards. Right, not brothers. Yeah, this is one, two, or three yeah. in, in in any order. Yeah. Slow slowish start. You know, you, you know, Arya come back. You have her reunion with Bran and Sansa. You have a little little finger interaction. That's and, debatable whether it was slow. 
Yeah, well, what I'm, that I, you've been waiting for. Yeah, right. Right. But I, people said it was kind of underwhelming because of the attitudes of both those characters. And then you kind of – then you, you see uh, Dragonstone and what Danny's going through. And then, like, boom. It's it's stuff that happens and, yeah. and like there's there's the the army coming and then the dragons come and then it's just a, this crazy I guess last like fifteen twenty minutes or so it was a shorter episode but the yeah. last the last couple no minutes, one's happy about what, that what are your thoughts of John giving advice Danny asking John advice yeah. about his, her battle plan of and he says on the lines of if you use those dragons you're not going to be different from any anybody else in your family or any any other ruler over the seven kingdoms. She she goes ahead and uses it. Well, let's take into account. I mean, she could do that to to Dragon's Landing. So I mean, she's King's Landing to King's Landing. Right. Excuse me. Um. So it's like she did it halfway. She halfway listened to him. Halfway didn't. Yeah. You know, right, it's right, like. Right. But I think she's really she's over like like she said the clever schemes. Yeah. She's over it. She's over losing. She's you know you have to remember her like her background. She's a Targaryen. She can't. She's not good at losing. She. I think she was over it like the like the the Watchers were uh, are, are us fans. Yeah. Um, because we were sick of, of having these dragons just fly off in the background. You saw that one scene where she turns to him and they're just over the ocean. We're like, where, when are we going to release these puppies on, right, on the right, Seven exactly. Kingdoms? And they finally did it. And it's like, yeah, you have to see it to believe it. Like, what are they? Are they actually, I mean, can they fight? You know, or what? No, you, you make a good point. I mean, you have these three dragons. You have the Dothraki army, and then you have John and other, you know, Tyrion saying like, "Don't be like your dad. Don't be like the rest of the Targaryen clan." Right. Because what's going to happen is you're going to ransack these cities, and people are going to hate hate you and turn on you. We heard what Miss and D said earlier in the episode. She loved Danny. Like she freed her, and but she still chooses to follow her lead because mm-hmm. like, of people respect her. So right. when you have when you have Danny now taking this. This uh, this dragon, and, and, and like it's like a, you said, it's like a half measure. It's like not you know not ruining cities and not taking killing. And she hasn't ruined cities up to this point right. either. I don't I don't see why she would. It was just the food trade on right. on the the like right. the wine they were traveling, and she said like you know I'm here. I lost the first two battles, but I'm gonna win this one. And, and I gotta did. prove my point. Right, you know? exactly. Like, and that, to some degree, you do have to sh- like show who you are. Like mm-hmm. I'm not. I have these things. I'm not afraid to use them. And I mean. But I do think John and her advisors will be kind of upset as to. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could tell by the way Tyrion was looking, you know, down from the from the hillside. Like uh, he kind of had some fear in his eyes of like, oh, like what are we dealing yeah. with here? And like, did I make the right decision of supporting her, backing her? Right. And I think you can see all of that questioning. And- well, you also can see one of his brothers down there running around well, right. the battlefield too. I would be a little concerned well, as well. And yeah, I mean, and he's, that's what he's saying. Like, you're an idiot. Like, flee, flee. And then, he, of course, he runs at her. Yeah, talk about being a weird spot of Tyrion, seeing his yeah. brother do that. And he, he's on Danny's side. His own people too, just being torched and turned into ash. Yeah. So. I have faith that I mean, what do we think is the future for Jamie? I mean, obviously, we just saw him, fall, you know, drown. But I don't think I don't think he's he's going to be captured, right? I, yeah, he's going to be captured. Do you think we're going to get him on? Like, do you think we're going to see a shift like Tyrion shifted? I don't, I don't know if we could fully shift away from his sister, but he has. It, you've seen a You're couple seeing... tip of the caps to where he he's not exactly fully all on. on I'll, I'll on say that seriously. I don't think Jamie's story ends. In this last episode, I'll tell you this: Bronn's gonna Bronn's gonna be back, Team Tyrion, right out right out the gates. Yeah, episode. yeah, oh yeah, we're gonna see. Yeah, the, I think it's gonna be awesome. Back together. All right, so we have the the last scenes covered. Now, uh, the big part of the episode that we thought going in was gonna be Arya coming back home to Winterfell, right, uh, and meeting up with Sansa, meeting up with with Bran. Uh, did that go as planned? You think it was a little un- underwhelming? Was it kind of awkward? I liked their reunion a yeah. lot more than the Bran and Sansa re- reunion. Well, yeah, just, Obviously, we are, because we've noticed that Bran isn't exactly third eye raven. Right. Like, exactly, he's not Bran. So, and he said that himself. Mm-hmm. So that was also an emotional scene when she, when um, she's saying goodbye and and he's just like, okay, bye and. Like, well, what the heck? She yeah. like has laid her life down. Right, right, with her right. So, yeah, when Mira Reed leaves, right, exactly. Exactly. Right. So it's a lot it's a lot to process not seeing him in his normal state. But then I think so back to Arya, I think that was a great a great kind of coming together with her and Sansa. Sure, yeah. Especially her sword play going versus Brienne, who's a legendary fighter. Exactly. Uh, Brienne's kinda like, Oh, it's okay, little one. Maybe and not. And then she earns her respect after that battle, obviously. Yeah. And I gotta stick up for Brand too. He was getting a lot of hate on social media for how he acts. But you gotta think, when you're the third when you're the three eye raven, you have all these he doesn't see time, he just sees events. He knows what's gonna uh-huh. happen, he knows what has happened. So it, for a, a kid like that to be experienced all that at a young age, I yeah. mean it's it's okay. And I think we're gonna get pieces of him coming back. Yeah. I, maybe I don't know. I, I hope so. I say that only in hope. You, you see, in you see an interaction with him and Littlefinger, how Littlefinger gives him uh, the dagger, but he also says, you know, it must have been a whole lot to to, to go across the wall. And he was like, you don't even know the half of it. Yeah, You're, I, I know all your whole story. I know what exactly. you've done to Love my dad. That. 
Uh, and I think uh, Retribution's going to come swift on top of Littlefinger's head. I like I said it last week. I said Littlefinger's going down when he finishes his sentence and saying, like, chaos is a ladder. Gave the, oh, yeah, the dagger out. I mean, I the writing's quoted. on the wall, yeah. man. The Circles, writing's on the wall. Chaos is a ladder. Yep. Uh, oh. So, anyway, a lot of scoring for our league. The game of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And uh, I Speaking said, of, that ladder should have been 20 points for my team. Well, first of all, we see why we can't draft dragons. Because you, Drogon would have had you would, a million points. Right. Yeah, give yeah. or take. Uh, and what we said before we left last week was, like, just as long as Dave is not in first, we'll be okay. Uh-oh. Sure enough. And look who's dun, in first dun, place. Dun. Yep. <laughs> Dave, Dave Damashek, <laughs> Chris Harris Jr. in first place. Big week for Sheck. He did have Jamie. Jamie, Jamie got in the back-to-back back big see. weeks. Yep. 50 Jamie points for violence. Uh, I am in okay. second now. I got 10 points to Arya for wits and then 50 for status. So Arya, 60-point week. Nice. Because she got uh, picked up Valerian Steel. Right, also. Yes. Uh but you, the, the team team unsullied. I know you're still in seventh, but it was a big week. It was a big week. Bran and Braun. Bran and Braun both racking up the points. 65 uh, in violence, right. 5 in wits, and then Bran 10 in wits, 50 in status. Yes, yes. Big week. I, I think it should have been even a bigger week, as I as I as mentioned earlier. Stated. But still, we'll take it. We're, we're back in the running. Damashek still doubling up my point total. I'm at 180. Is at 260. Pretty embarrassing, but uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 we got we got to step it up to finish off the standings. Kay and Kyle third place. Ike and Cindy in fourth. Colleen and Gon's fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Blackman and Patrick Clay on sixth. So like I said, seventh. Chris yep. Long, our friend who tweet live tweets the episode. Yeah. Chris Long, like a lot of questions during the draft. Like really invested. I feel bad. He's in eighth place. The, the dude cares. Mm-hmm. Uh, ninth, <laughs> handsome Hank, and then Maurice tenth place. Tough week. MJD. Tough Come year on. for Maurice. Uh, yeah, he we, he we had a little chat yeah. about it last week and uh, he he knows that he needs to get his team together maybe he needs to hit the waiver I don't know but yeah not doing so hot he might have the the end of the season for him might pick up I mean he did draft the Night King so let's see what happens there Mm -hmm. Uh, speaking of next week in the Night King episode uh, number five titled East Watch I can't believe that we're already on that's the sad part there's only this upcoming Sunday then two after that but what are we gonna do but episode number five East Watch this is gonna be predictions predictions for the next episode I got mine right last week and saying there's gonna be a giant battle Turned out being a giant battle. Look at you. Predicting the future. Right. Just call you thir- the three-eyed raven. Yeah, yeah, call me the three-eyed raven, right. Uh, predictions for next week. Any any uh, any thoughts, comments, concerns about Well, well when they, they title it Eastwatch, you know there's going to be yeah. a big battle. You have Tormund and the guys, right. the, the Bannerheaded brothers. The hounds. There, the hounds there with Eric and Taurus. They're going to be yep. fighting the White Walkers. This is going to happen. Exactly. Uh, yep. John says in the in the, the uh, preview that there's you know he got a raven. Brand said there's going to be something going on. I'm hoping that... Mm-hmm. John can get there in time, uh, and whoever else goes. Does Danny come in late with a dragon and help him out? Do we see the first real big battle? Is it is it a one sided thing where the White Walkers you know kick butt? It's going to be uh, if it's a hard home type My heart's scenario. Racing just thinking about it, it's going to be any any indication. In the last few episodes, it's going to be a big one. We we know that there's only a handful of episodes sure. left of well, the whole series. Do we think you it's know about time? Daenerys is only going to help supposedly if. John bends the knee. Is he going to bend the knee? Did he bend the knee already? He could have. He could have. In in the. She's in, obsessed with that. I know. Well, I, I think what threw a wrench in that is taking the dragon and doing what she did. Uh, yeah, and he's going to be like, "You're yeah, not even and, listening and to my Lannister life. army." True. Yeah. yeah John uh, is very anti-violence. He he is. Yeah, he is. Uh, I think he's more anti-violence with anything that's not centered around preparing for the winter mm. because it's here. He's sitting there screaming in the south, like, "Come on, guys, let's get this together." And they're they're still worried about. Well, I, I think that was a pretty good strategic move on Danny's part of going and getting the gold, sure, away from or or, or destroying their their supply train at the very least. Very smart. The Iron um, Bank's very smart. Counting on that. Yes. Yeah. Like so so, rival, so destroyed we'll the, food, the food supply too. I mean, it was a really good strategic and they, move. And they could be picking up Braun too as well, which is, right. who's who's a complete badass. So. Yeah, I agree. So that's your prediction. Picking up Braun. No, yeah, picking up Braun's my, my prediction for next week. Okay. At the very least. My prediction next week is a, a lot of. Big name deaths again. Yeah, is a finite amount of episodes losing. left. It's gonna keep. It's gonna keep happening. I mean, yeah. if it's anything like Hard Home, it's gonna be intense mm-hmm. and there's gonna be a lot of death. Unfortunately, or so you're thinking that Jamie and Braun are both. Safe. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't drown. Okay. Now. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're safe as in alive. And it was Braun right. that saved him. It wasn't. It wasn't Dick on. It was Braun. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We agree with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Too. I, I saw some buzz that saying it was. It was Dick on. It was, it was Braun. The gloves gave it away. Really? Oh, look okay, at you! Look yeah. at you. Attention to detail. Paused it. That's yeah. good stuff there. Well, I'm super excited for next week. Uh, I'm, Ready let's, for let's, it? Let's see if we can top. Get the perfect score of the ten. 
Swallows of War is 9.9 IMD. Let's, let's and, get a 10. A perfect and let's, let's, just stars. Get, let's just say Tyrion needs to step it up on my fantasy team. Mm-hmm. And I think and, Tyrion's coming in hot now. Right, right. Yeah, coming in hot. I, I, don't, I don't know how many how many points does, does Damashek have again? Uh, two, you said 260? 260, two, two, I, I thought I thought he had even more than that. Either way, he is he is starting to run away with this. We need to, we need to bring it up a little bit from the rear and, yeah, and close this If out. Dave wins this league, we won't hear the end. What, what Lord are we help do? us all. It, it'll, be, it'll be bad. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.